Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Tina Scott. Tina, welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's my Friday and whenever you're listening, it could be any other day, but I'm in a good, I'm in a good mood because I'm going to get to chat with you today. So it's going to be fun. Yes. Yeah. Why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating and how you got started. Sure. I'm a professional actor, kind of have been all my life. Audiobook narrating was always something that I have kind of thought about getting into. I'm also a singer and I spent a lot of time in the studio. So between being an actor and also kind of having some studio skills, um, voice work and audiobooks in particular were something that I really wanted to do. And then when COVID hit, I had the time and uh, I used my COVID cash and reinvested in myself and um, uh, kind of got my studio up and running with some better equipment. Kind of spent about a year practicing. Wasn't really, you know, was kind of unsure about doing it for money for someone. <laughs> and then I saw an advertisement and uh, of a male narrator who was looking for a female partner to do duets with. And so I answered it and he picked me. And so we started releasing duets right away. And, uh, and we've been doing that ever since. And so I, I'm still doing that with him. His name's Dom Johnson. And, uh, and we've done quite a few duets together. Um, so that's kind of how I really dove in initially to doing audiobooks. But I feel like my skill set as an actor uh, has really all led up to, uh, to doing this particular niche of the acting medium. And, uh, and I really love it. And I am very happy to just <laughs> do book <laughs> after book after book. Yeah, no, it's a, trust me, the audience is devouring these. So having more of you in our earbuds is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got picked by romance, Mm. like the the genre kind of picked me. Um, The bookings just kept on coming. (laughs) So, and I enjoy it. It's such a fun genre. Yeah. And you specifically do a lot more of the spicier, almost like erotica and erotic romance a lot more. Mm Mm-hmm. I do. I do all kinds. Um, I've done. I do erotica. I just finished um, a dark romance, which was my first one of those. And uh, even though it was dark and had a lot of triggers, it is one of the most beautiful pieces of writing. Like every single thing that's in it is that's dark is justified. Um, it's called Toxic Love and Desires by Lauren Beale. And the audiobook should be coming out soon. It's in editing right now. It's going to be a duet. Yeah, duets are becoming way more popular, which is a good thing. I love duets. So, especially the spicier it is, the more they want the duet. Yeah. Um, I've seen the duels really gain in popularity too lately, but that seems to be a little bit on the higher levels where they're easier to, to they're easier to produce the uh, the duel. So I think that's why um you know some of the companies push for the duel (laughs) but the fans I think are pushing for the duets yeah no I mean from a back end of things yeah because all they're doing for duels for those that are more newer into audiobooks dual narration is usually where the point of view is done by either the hero or the heroine in each chapter and so the 
hero's chapters are done via the male narrator and the the femme chapters are done by the femme narrator and Mm -hmm. that way it's you know that one narrator does everyone's voices in those chapters and so it's almost like a solo read that alternates yes in a way perfect example yeah total like a solo that alternates whereas duets femme narrator does all the femme voices regardless of chapter and pov and vice versa for the for the male narrator and for me personally one of the reasons why i love that is the banter that happens in between the hero, the, the, the characters, whether it's amongst best friends or amongst enemies, yes. to the lovers, there's just something, I mean, the narrators can do it perfectly. And, and again, with editing, it makes it seamless when it's done in dual narration and they're switching back and forth with the voices, but there's just something about the duets that it's almost like you're watching them in real life at the bar or at the bakery or fill in the blank where you're at in the story. Yep. And you're exactly. going, damn, she said that. Oh, he said that, <laughs> you know, and you're just going, absolutely. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. it, it's more cinematic. I always yes. say. Yes. Um, so that it does cinematic. play out in your head more like a movie, which is kind of how the authors see it when they write it. Um, but I think duets, you have to be careful uh, as a producer when you're producing them to have the male and the female sound like they're in the same room. So they're, ve- they're more complicated to produce and, and produce well. I mean, it's really easy to like take that girl and that guy and pair them up, but you know, she's got one kind of microphone, he's got another kind and they're not having the same person mix them up. And, you know, so, so a well done duet will just immerse you. You have to be careful, I think, with the tech on the duets sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it used to be back in the days that they would, you know, both the, the narrators would go into or the full cast, depending on how if that was how it was done, would go into the studios and there was an entire magic of, you know, scheduling happening where these individuals right. would go in at one point back and forth, you know, insert COVID, uh, COVID excuse me, and um, that it was not happening. So, you know, Zooming occurred more often than not. But again, you're completely right in that the different mics, the different floor noises, the different editors on each side of the narrators even if you're providing them with the raw um, files to the production company, ensuring that the, that their editors and their engineers know how to master that correctly. Some of mm-hmm. them I are Kings and I bow down to them because I do oh, my yeah. editing for this podcast. And now I finally have an editor that helps out with that stuff. And I'm still going, damn, y'all are Kings and Queens. Because Absolutely. My I husband know. is an audio engineer. Oh, see, <laughs> so I'm very, very lucky. Um, number one, he he taught me everything I know about working with the the DAW and stuff, and the computer, um, recording myself and and you know editing myself. Um, but also, he you know I say he works for me too. <laughs> I'm one of his clients, so um, he does great. my like mixing and mastering and and all. That's great. Yeah, no, it's, again, I know. I'm in awe of them. I mean, the other, I was looking into doing like learning audacity and I'm just going, not today, just because it's just, <laughs> to me, it's still intimidating. And I know that my friend, Marcia Carolina, who's also a narrator, he's like, girl, I already gave you all that. I'm like, I know, I know. And I'm the first one to learn and I am tech savvy, but for whatever reason, that one still intimidates me. I just got to sit down and conquer it. I know that, but it'll get there one day. I'll get there. <laughs> now so, I was a singer for years and I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of studio work. And so um, all the engineers that I worked with, you know, during that time, all used pro tools. So that was a natural DAW for me to pick up. Um, and that's what my husband uses. And so, um, you know, it, it, it was the logical choice. I'd seen 
the guys pushing the buttons and it mostly was guys um, pushing the buttons for years, you know, and I've heard the terminology. I knew the studio well. I just hadn't been the one to actually push the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so right? it was easy for me to just pick up with the gear. I kind of already knew. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cause it's different too. when it's your own stuff versus when it's somebody else's and that's when mm-hmm. you kind of have to figure that out. But yeah, no, that's great. It's a uh, lucky you on that end, but it's a uh, fortunate as well. But again, I always bow down to the engineers and the mastering on how they do that because it's a lot of work. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. made me a studio snob though, in a little bit of, uh-huh. of a way, like, um, you know, I have to have good gear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I know the difference. <laughs> it's like, no, well, that's so. why we, you know, that's why we hire the professionals. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day and everybody has to start somewhere and you don't need to have the most expensive equipment to start off that's with true. and things Absolutely. like that. But as you continue to grow and hone those skills and you have a little bit of more of that pocket money because of the gigs you have done, you need to reinvest in yourself. So that's great. And thanks for mentioning that too, because sometimes we feel guilty about, you know, you know, investing in ourselves, whether it's a web, you know, a, a webinar, a coaching session, equipment, and it's just like, exactly. it, needs to, it needs to happen. We need to do that. And as actors, we have so many expenses, Never mind voice actors. Now we all have to be engineers as well. So um, we have to keep our studios up and running and, you know, <laughs> and equipment is not cheap and the good stuff, you know, really does sound, sound good, but you're absolutely right for early narrators or early voice artists. You don't need the top of the line stuff, but make sure that it is of professional quality because there is so much consumer level stuff out there right now. Oh, yeah. um, That, uh, you know, you can get a recorded sound with, you know, consumer level things. But, um, you know, to really give a beautiful product to a client, you want to have at least a, you know, a professional level of equipment, I think, anyway. Oh, no, absolutely. I you know, even when it comes down to certain things, like I know people are like, oh, it's just a hobby. And I'm like, I see, I'm, I've never been that girl that just thinks that. So even when I first started the podcast years ago, where it was just something that I did once a month, you know, once a year for the month of June, I really did the research. And at the first year, it was just expensive to get any of my equipment and stuff like that. But I was, as I got, you know, more into it, then I was able to, you know, subscribe and get the subscription to the Zoom that does the recording and, and, and get the lessons. And now I have the mic. But I mean, nowadays, I think I went to five and below the uh, a couple months ago. And I'm like, oh, they have a nice, you know, for like, I think it was like five bucks um, or it may have been in their $10 section. They have a quote unquote mic with one of those um, noise pads in front of it. And I'm like, that's cute. That's cool. You know, I did buy one just to have as a because uh, I was curious as to what it would sound like, um, because sometimes you just don't know. But I haven't opened it yet. But I got a good mic that was good for podcasting after speaking to a narrator and saying, I need help with a mic. And he is such particular about his mics and he has so much experience with the different types of mics that he gave me the list of where I can go starting off in a couple more years you know once and if and when I do more of a studio quality versus in my office where I'm currently at um I might and start and you know look into getting a better mic at that point but I did not realize the difference in sound until a narrator friend we were talking and doing an episode I go you sound a little difference and he goes yeah i'm on my new mic (laughs) and i'm like yeah there's a little more i don't know like 
swoon factor or huskiness to your voice. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. And also like didn't want to blow smoke up his ass because you know that's not that friend that I'm at. Um, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, no, yeah, your mic can, can totally affect your sound, you know, and 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 make you sound, you know, play up certain frequencies in your voice and certain qualities of it. Now the mic I'm using right now, it's a Neumann U87. Um, I sang through for years as a rock singer. And so, um, you know, I, I love this microphone and I, I got a little windfall at one point and I, I really knew that the voice work was, was going to work and take off and that I was going to um, be able to justify it. <laughs> but I've always wanted this microphone. It really is a, it's kind of an expensive mic, um, but I, I treated myself and, uh, and I call it my forever mic because I will never need a different microphone as long as I take care of this one. <laughs> No, those that are good qualities last for a, a long, long time if taken care of properly. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's an investment and you're, you're the business. And that's also it too is. that we've been having more conversations with the office and the narrators is that sometimes we all forget that you guys are the business. You are, you know, the, the owner, the CEO, the yeah. marketing director. All and we are the stuff. product too, you know, as an actor, that's something you always have to kind of come to grips with that your product is yourself. Um, and, uh, and that's one of the hardest things about being an actor, because when you're rejected, it, they're rejecting your product, but your product is you. <laughs> I know, I know. So, you know, it's, a it's a, you have to kind of develop a tough skin, I think a little bit in that regard and just know it's a business and it's a business meeting and your product isn't for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing I love about audiobooks that there, this may not have worked out, but there's like seven other ones that are like, are dying to have you. Yes, absolutely. And it's such a growing uh, industry too. And it's fairly new. Um, you know, think about like 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have this growing industry of audio. No, um, yeah. So it was around, uh, it, it was just steady, you know, yeah, it was very... it, but the digital world has really made mass production of audio a thing. And people have Consumers have asked for it more and more. So as actors, it's a beautiful time to be trying this medium, I think, and to be getting into it uh, because it's so growing. It's still growing. Numbers are still showing that it's still growing. And um, fans are just eating it up, especially romance fans. Uh, they are so loyal and they are so enthusiastic. They're voracious. Uh, <laughs> yes, they're so fun. I run into them at signing events and um, and watch them buying books and getting them signed and and talking to their favorite authors and and uh, and then I see them on TikTok sharing what they're reading and um, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, books. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one I of those. Books. Yeah, it's one of those things that the community is so in love with the stories the authors, the audiobook, you know, the audiobook side of things and are, it's all encompassing. I've also loved it when I go to events and then like you can see the group of friends kind of recollecting at the end of a lane or an aisle and they get all giddy and they're like, all right, I got so and so, so. And then they'll, they'll stop and kind of point at someone and you're going, oh, there it is. And there's that one person that did not get that autograph or something and runs down the line. <laughs> and <laughs> And they're all giddy and excited. It's so much fun. The energy is just so contagious, but the positivity is there too. So it's one of those, like, you just kind of need like a happy, you know, 
joints and stuff like that. There you go for that. It's going to be so much fun. And you're going to be at Allure, which is in September in Chicago. I'm so excited. I've gone to so many signing events and, and met the authors at their tables. And I'm so excited that I'm going to have a table. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get people to sign. So you can be signing Kindle devices. You're going to be signing covers. You're going to be signing mm. probably uh, picture mats. I also know that a lot of fans will create um, almost like hardcover books via the photo, like the, like as if it was a photo album with the covers uh-huh. um, on them instead of the photos. And so they'll find your, where your book is and they'll have you sign it next to your book that you've narrated. So so many different oh, things nice. you guys are going to be signing. Yeah. The, the, the listeners and the, and the romance readers get very creative, um, which is good, but they also get creative. Mm-hmm. Like, damn girl, you came with the penis pillow to get signs. Got it. Okay. Um <laughs> happens Um, i'll sign it (laughs) yeah yeah oh goodness it's it's yeah there's been some fun stuff and Mm -hmm. um you kind of like i always like sit and wait and see i'm like okay who's gonna one up that penis pillow and uh but yeah no i went to romanticon last weekend in connecticut and that was a signing event and uh my favorite was the um the penis shaped pops uh lollipops. That oh was- yeah, oh swag, <laughs> swag up the wazoo. Yeah. You will. See- oh, I got some, I got some swag coming for a little. Oh, oh mm. nice. Yeah, I have a special do not disturb sign. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, you know what's really funny about uh-huh. Allure and being in Chicago at the Palmer House? Yeah, what's that? When I was a teenager in high school. I competed on the speech team and one of the categories I competed in was um, dramatic interpretation, which you take a piece of a play and you play all the different characters switching from one to the next. So um, every day after school, my coach would give me diction training and, um, and for four years, like I really drilled this whole thing. And that training in particular, all those years ago, really set me up to be a narrator. A lot of the skills are the same. Um, And so when I was 16, I went to my first nationals competing uh, in speech. And it was in Chicago. Then it was at the Palmer House. So for me, I'm having a big Oprah full circle moment (laughs) at Allure when I'm back in that ballroom because I've been there before many years ago and it's it's kind of funny that i'm going to be there signing autographs this time that's fantastic right yeah kind of of special yeah like totally meant to be be there yeah (laughs) yeah aside from it being the one and only and first of its kind focused on audiobooks which i think is overall fantastic similar story of sorts but not exactly at all at the same time the first convention that i ever went to was a book lovers the rt book lovers convention in chicago uh, in which i went as an aspiring author and so because i kind of i've had i've always been a writer i've always loved stories and things like that and that was the first time i ever did a trip by myself you know with no parental or significant other kind of a thing <laughs> and it was the first book convention period that i ever went to and it was so much learning and so much fun it's at a different it was at a different hotel but just being back in that same city now it's been almost like 7 or 8 years and where I'm at in my journey with the book industry, it's like 
again, semi full circle of like kind of finding my voice and finding where I fit in and also continuing to grow. It's so, it's been so much fun. And again, getting to meet a hand, like a bunch of new authors and narrators to me and adding a lot more books to my TB, you know, TBLR kind of list. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never <laughs> I love end. meeting other narrators. I really do. Yeah. Um, the con, you know, we all work alone so yeah. much of the time in our little closets or booths <laughs> or, you know, in these little so you know, three feet by three feet boxes. <laughs> um, and uh, we're all alone for hours and hours and hours talking to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> in different voices. <laughs> I know, really. I mean, it sounds kind of insane, but when you meet another narrator and you get talking, or at least most of the time, there's so much joy. It's like, hey, let's talk. Because um, when... You know, when you do other kinds of acting, when you're you're in a stage play, for example, you know, after the show's over, you all go out for a beer and you kind of talk and you you rehash what you just did and you have those actor conversations. And um, for narrators, because you work alone most of the time, you don't get that little special moment at the completion of a project or or any of that. And um, so I've found the the few times I've been able to mix and mingle with other narrators, it's it's been amazing. Yeah. And, and also yeah. now the bonus of also meeting some of the authors that you've been working for, for who knows how long in some cases and never exactly. had a I've chance met a few. to meet. Yep. I've met a few at some signing events uh, as I went along. And um, what's really, I love working with indie authors uh, and doing like direct work for them. Um, I love going through publishers and producers and stuff too, but there's just something special when you're, working with the author just one-on-one um and i've got two authors that i'm working with really closely closely right now they like message me every day (laughs) and we talk about other things we talk about our families and you know yeah and all of that so you kind of get to be friends with them too and uh and that's really special yeah the other thing too that having these kind of conversations and being able to go to events that have audiobooks as part of the, you know, of, of the event itself, or whether it's a part of the, you know, the track, if it's for like the authors and the narrators is, you know, just kind of having the authors also learn a little bit more about the industry. So they know that it's not out of their reach to have their titles in audio or also how they can make the, the process a little bit more expedient and also help the narrators out by, by providing them that list of, you know, so-and-so as a, as a, the bad guy has this accent. And so, so as a hero has this accent and he speaks mm-hmm. with the lisps and cause that's for I'm, for, I'm sure for you guys, that makes the prepping of the book a lot more smoother of having that info ahead of time. Absolutely. I send my authors a little welcome kit that uh-huh. asks them all kinds of questions like that. Um, and so they fill out a little form and talk about the main characters. You know, minor characters, you know, have so usually only have a couple lines of dialogue here and there. So I always figure if there's something wrong with them, it's easy to fix. <laughs> you know, if they really hate it. Most of I, I've never had any really hate anything that came back like. But I always make sure that they proof and uh, and approve the main character voices and before oh, we, yeah. you know, really yeah. go into main narration. <laughs> that well that's good too because the other thing too is which is important to know that one character that you have that pops in for half a pa- uh, half a paragraph and you know may have a bit of is in a happy go lucky mood so you might give them that you know faster tempo kind of talk speech 
is actually mm-hmm. the hero in book four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or the if heroine. I'm doing multiple books, I, I ask for information like that too. That's one of my stock questions in my welcome Good. kit. Like, yeah. you know, do any of these characters appear later? I did a six book series at one point and I insisted on reading all six of them before I started narrating number one. And it's a great thing I did because it was a duet with my partner. And, and so... You know, you don't find out until book two that a character that figures really heavily in book one has a British accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if we had started voicing, that whole thing would have been replaced. Oh but it's God. never mentioned in book one. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff like that. Or, um, you know, there was one uh, that I, I ended up having to do um, a considerable amount of Russian accent. So I'm re- I've got a good ear and I can usually pick up stuff. And I had a basic Russian, but I really, I needed to work it to, uh, to narrate as much as, as this particular character. I love doing accents, but yeah, they can take you by surprise. And you yeah. always want to know that stuff ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Or even some, uh, some authors, um, you know, it's a, a location that should have an accent, but I've had authors um, say, no, I don't want any accents at all. Um, I think they muddy it up and it's before they even heard me try to voice the accent. So it's just like, they didn't want it from the start. It wasn't that I was doing it better. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I did a whole uh, dragon shifters of the Bayou series. And so you would think there would be, you know, Louisiana accents in it. And they, she was like, no, I don't want any accents. I was like, all right, makes it easier on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's definitely something that a lot of authors are saying either, no, let's not do it. Even if there might be it from a geographical perspective of potential mm-hmm. accents, or they'll say, just do it enough. Where we can kind of tell that there's an accent and maybe it's British, right. you know, kind of a thing, uh, or it might be some bit of a Southern, but it's, you know, you're not sure that it's going to, cause you right. know, uh, yeah. yeah. Cause you know, uh, a Mississippi accent versus a Georgia accent versus right. a Savannah and exactly. a, you know Virginia. Those are all different accents and exactly. it can, it, it can get muddy and, and, and people will and add clarity include, as a know, narrator, your number one, you know, goal is clarity in the storytelling. You want it to be clear. You want them to understand everything you're saying. So if you're throwing on a really heavy accent to the point where it's not, um, you know, not clear, then you got to back it off. I always think hinting at the accent is really the way to go. In this case, little is more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Unless the text specifies differently. You know, if the text says, you know, this character has a very heavy accent, then, you know, you'll probably want to put it on a little heavier than, than yeah, normal. A little bit. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite accent to perform? Um. Ooh. Probably like a, a Southern or a Texas. That's pretty, those are pretty straightforward, but I do a lot of them. Um, I've done Russian and French and German and Italian and Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what else? (laughs) Oh, I can New York, Boston. I'm uh, from new England. So uh, I spent a lot of years getting rid of my Massachusetts accent (gasps) as much as I could. And so now it's always funny when I try to put it back on, <laughs> it's like, how does this go again? Or if I spend a lot of time with my family and they have very heavy accents, I will, uh, I'll have to do a little diction work because <laughs> <laughs> I'll start to pick it up again. Yeah. And some people pick up these accents really quick. I know that I'm, I'm one of those that if I spend 
enough time with my in-laws that are funny enough. They were all from Connecticut that moved to Texas and have been there now. It seems um, at least for the kids. So like my sister and brother-in-laws have been now more in Texas than they ever were in Connecticut, but they all have a bit of that Southern Texas twang. And Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always realized that when we would usually go visit them for just a couple of days on a quick weekend for, for this and that. But I really realized how quickly I pick up that, that, that accent when we were spending like a week and a half in Florida's panhandle at at the beach on a family vacation. And they were all Mm -hmm. doing their little Southern. I'm like, Oh yeah, Viv, you gotta stop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Because I came back with it and I'm going, Nope, Nope. mm -mm Nope. Nope, not going to happen. Exactly. You know, I, st- I still have ka when the, the one time I went to Boston. The one word that stuck with me the entire freaking time. You know, I'm going to go. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Back. I'm going to go to the ka. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to the ka. I remember having a boyfriend over um, when I was in high school and he, it was like spring break and he came to visit me at my, my family's house in Massachusetts. <laughs> and, you know, we're sitting around the dinner table and my mom had made dinner and <clears throat> my, uh, my dad started talking about going into the North end and getting a, a cake that tasted like cardboard. And then, <laughs> and then my brother, who's a mechanic started talking about the carburetor on the car and, and my boyfriend's literally shaking, like <laughs> quivering. And I'm like kicking him under the table. Like, What's going on? <laughs> and so we get outside later. And I'm like, what was that about? And he's like, the cardboard cake, the carburetor on the car. <laughs> And I was like, what? And he goes, you don't have an accent. <laughs> He's like, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Because I had already gotten rid of it by, oh, wow. by college. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. It's uh, it's daunting sometimes. Uh, yeah. It's one of the things like, oh, look, you got a shit box, you know, for a car. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So shit box means car. Got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> New England, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. it was a fun trip, but yeah, it's been years, but I'm like, I'm, I'm ho- hoping to go back to, to specifically Salem, uh, maybe within the next year or so. And um, Ooh, yeah. there's, a, um, there's a signing event next no, year. I heard, Salem. I heard, what is it Getting called? Getting witchy with it. Yes. And it's going to have, um, I hear all the paranormal romance authors are, are, you know, key on, keen on being there. Yeah. So I had mean, to expand. They, yeah. they didn't have enough space. They had to find a new venue. There were yeah. so many authors that wanted to go. Yeah, I know. And at this point, I'm sure that it'll continue to grow. So I'm sure they're going to have some form of a cutoff um, and maybe start planning exactly. for the for the further next year, you know, for the future as far as potential interest goes. But I mean, like, talk mm-hmm. about location, 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 you know, for a PNR. Well, I mean, how perfect. Yes. That particular company that's sponsoring that, I forget their name. I, I'm so sorry. But um. They're doing several events around the country, um, that same company. And it seems like their events are very like location specific. Um, for example, you know, getting witchy with it in Salem. And then they, uh, they did the one in Ohio, the locked up in the prison one. Oh, um, but there's like a, a haunted prison. Like Ghost Adventures is like done episodes on it and stuff. And so they did a big paranormal signing in the in the prison, um, yes. the old abandoned prison. And then they did like tours after midnight. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so there. Yeah, but they're doing like so all of theirs kind of have these like special locations that make it um interesting. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that. I think that that's smart. I mean, one of the things that at any time that I had done conventions and stuff like that, how I would choose which ones to go to was where was it located? Aside from obviously who was signing at the event, mm-hmm. but it, because it's, a, it's an expense, whether it's a business or a personal, it's still an expense. And to kind of justify it as you would a mic, it, how do you justify the travel to such a thing? Is, you know, kind of combining it a little bit with like a a family vacation or traveling to a place that you've never been before or, you know. I've only done the ones kind of within driving distance of me so far. Allure will be the first one that I travel, travel to. Um, And uh, I'm so excited. (laughs) It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, no. Have you ever been? Well, yeah, Chicago is a a great city. um, It really is. to, To discover and learn and. And, and I've I'm been excited. through on tour a little bit too as an actor. When I was younger, I toured doing a lot of like Shakespeare and Moliere and uh, classical work. And so uh, I've I um I've been through Chicago a few times. I'm really excited that the hotel is like right down the street from the Art Institute. Yep, I love that museum. Yeah, it's really great. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. I'm like I'm trying to figure out okay based on the schedule and where I've been asked to do stuff and be there and, and work it. Um, when can I escape to go explore the city? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it, it'd be it's always interesting for me to go back to a place I've been to before with, when I had such great memories of going to it the first time and just especially mm-hmm. now how it continues to grow, how it has changed. I remember there was a bunch of it's very artsy the downtown area of Chicago. So there was a bunch of art out on the streets and different, you know, you know, pathways and alleys and, and little plazas where you can, it's almost like they purposely made a plaza in between a bunch of, you know, skyscrapers of sorts to, to be able to just kind of hang out maybe during your lunchtime, but also look at art. And uh, it was just a fan- fantastic. So I'm kind of wanting to go back and see what that looks like. Yeah, and things like that. I know the Marilyn Monroe statue mm-hmm. was there that one. Yeah, time. I haven't been to Chicago in a lot of years. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm going to also look I've up been there the a whole long time. So it'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Now I have to also look up at that witchy, you know, getting witchy with A, the title alone. Um, I know, right? <laughs> and then bonus location <laughs> just kind of makes me go. I want to say it's September, a year from September, I, I think is, is the date. I could be wrong on that, but, but I know it's 2023. Yeah. Again, these things take time to plan and create and, and book the room. So even though Allure is happening this year, they've been working on it for almost two and a half years, I think. And kind of getting, making sure the venue's available, the room blocks, the, you know, now they finally finalized, you know, who are going to be entertaining at the, uh, at the lovely parties that we're having at the Fire and Ice Gala and the I Prohibition. Know, I- that's my biggest angst I'll share with you. Uh-huh. The dress. What am I going to wear? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I don't think I've, it's a formal event. I haven't yeah. bought a formal dress and I can't even remember how. <laughs> well, yeah, trust me. It's a conversation we've been all having at one point or another. And I know my best friend and I, who's going with me is um, she's more local. So there's been things that I'm going, okay, this is being shipped to Brandy. This is being shipped to Brandy because I can't take it with me on the plane. And, but that dress, what I, what dress I wanted to get was a huge deciding factor of making sure it's not too, too puffy or, or the material that cannot be squished because then you have to ironing and stuff like that. It has like iron free availability. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a conversation because a lot of us haven't 
gone to any place formal in in a couple of years because of this COVID thing. I know that um, a couple, I don't know. I don't own a dress. Like, Oh yeah. See, I get to go. I mean, not the dress shopping is a problem, but but it's just, uh, actually I lost a lot of weight the last couple of years. I lost like 40 pounds. Um, so I am feeling kind of like good about myself. So maybe it is time to go put on like a nice yeah. Stress and- yeah. So I will say, cause I know Michelle price, um, who's one of the narrators that I talked to recently too, had said something like, I don't know what to wear. Um, and it's one of those things where sometimes we get so caught up and then I really, it dawned on me for me, it wasn't the dress. It was the shoes. I was like, Fiv, what the hell are you not thinking? Amazon prime. If you're an Amazon prime member, there's a lot of things on there that you can try before you buy. So you can pick a handful of things, they ship it to you, whatever you keep and you don't ship back, that's what you have to pay for. So that's one option that I was like, specifically that I was looking at. I, there's a couple of other places that I've looked at, but yeah, that's uh, the gala is going to be nice and fun and you can go themes. You know, I noticed I was originally thinking like hmm, something blue, something maybe I go, I don't want to go fiery kind of a thing. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm leaning fiery and I'll, I'll tell you why, because my branding, all of it, uh, has cherries in it. So a cherry is kind of my logo. And so uh, normally to signings and to all of these events, I have a collection of pinup cherry dresses. Oh my God, I was just (laughs) thinking that. Those cutesy style, you know, 50s-esque cherry dresses. I mean, some of them are that, but like, so I call them my, my cherry bomb dresses. And so my whole thing and how I'm recognizable and memorable when I go, everyone always remembers the cherries. So um, uh, I looked for a formal (laughs) gown that had some kind of like cherry print something. (laughs) And there isn't such a thing, really. (laughs) Um, You know, you want something a little more elegant than that. So but I'm thinking to go with my branding that I really need to do red and then I can put like maybe. Uh, some cherry jewelry with it or yeah or or an accessory i know there's some really cute bags that have a bit of a cherry oh yeah Yeah. i have them (laughs) so you're all good i have this cute little like portfolio that's got cherries on it that i walk around and like pull my business cards out of. oh my goodness i've got cherry purses i've got cherry jewelry (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic i kind of went cherry crazy (laughs) and um i i plan on doing i think they're doing giveaway baskets at allure Mm -hmm. right yep I believe so. so yeah. Mine is going Fundraiser. to be either a basket or a bowl full of cherries. Um, and it will have uh, a couple of free audiobooks and then some like cherry themed, some, you know, candle, massage oil, something like that. There'll be cherry things in it. It's fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to. And those are some of those things too that, aside for obviously the gala and the loss of the prohibition. Um, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because they're like in the bar <laughs> I'm like so you're not real okay my lovely 1920s themed which I love got my dress for that already done um is everybody going themed for that for the, some, the prohibition thing are we going 20s ish or is that a thing I think some people have been thinking about doing prohibition from a 20s perspective but okay. maybe not 1000 percent into it Um, I know that um, it's been, again, something we've been talking about uh, in the groups for the attendees and the, and the authors and the narrators, some are are going all out with, you know, the, the, the flapper dresses and the flapping accessories. Others are kind of going with more of a, maybe a, you know, slacks 
and a nice t-shirt that maybe has some sparkle to it, you know, things like that. Um, But yeah, it's uh, all about really ensuring that you're comfy because it's going to be a long day. Um, It is. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and on your feet a lot. Yes. There's so So, many different events too. Yeah. Over multiple days. Um, Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Not only the events for fun. Oh, good. Yeah. I think uh, me too. I'm getting in on Thursday, but there's also a lot of stuff for the authors and the narrators. You know, there's a marketing panel, which I'm part mm-hmm. of and the aren'ts doing the, the, the narrator courses and stuff like that for, for that. And mm-hmm. there's a couple of other panels that are going on that off the top of my head, I can't remember right now, but it's all on the website. So if you're curious, go there. Um, and it's just uh, a lot of fun. And then from the attendees perspective, you know, hanging out at the, the, the hotel's bar, you'll find a lot of authors and narrators hanging out there. And also your, you know, friends are going to be hanging out there. So lots of opportunities to just connect and share. And it's a lot of your feet. So make sure you bring comfy shoes. Exactly. And if you're a reader and you're going to be buying a lot of books, bring something to wheel them around in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the main best (laughs) things about staying at the hotel itself of the events um, is that you at least have a, a, a little bit of an easier time going up and down to drop off your stash if you know as as you go with it but yeah there's gonna always bringing something that i think i would have to double check i don't think that they've said no to anything like wheels or carts but i know sometimes there will be restrictions so if it hasn't been talked about yet i'll I'll get with the organizers and say hey we got to bring up the whole cart thing because that's always a conversation that happens Mm -hmm. a few about a month or two before an event like can i bring a cart (laughs) (laughs) Because that got a lot of books to sign, get signed and things like that. So, but I know sometimes there's limitations on signing based on the hotel and the, you know, all this safety stuff that we have to worry about. It's amazing watching some of the fans um, post pictures of their halls. Oh my God. These events on on social media. Yes. You know, like 40, 50 books. Yeah. Yeah. They're so supportive. It's, it is, it's a wonderful yeah. thing to see. And the and and now I think a lot of them are getting excited about like things like the swag and the ribbons that they're gonna wear, or if the authors and narrators are doing pins or kind of a thing. So it's all this fun stuff. They get so excited. I love that energy that exactly. they have. So I have fun. a I have a friend who's an influencer, uh, mega fan, and uh, she collects every piece of swag from every single table at every single event she goes to, and she goes to like a lot of them. <laughs> like every couple of weeks she's going to a new one. Oh wow. And, uh, and That's a lot. Like, all the bookmarks, all the magnets, like everything. It's amazing. That's great. Um, yeah. She hasn't had to move houses yet or anything, right? Because that's not that when I know I, of, but yeah. she's got like displays of like some of the memorabilia. And yeah. She does a lot of the pre-order boxes that have the special gifts in them and stuff. And, oh wow. Um, yeah. She like lives for this. This is like being a romance reader mm-hmm. influencer is like, is what that's her thing. That's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. I did not realize how much stuff I had collected in the events and stuff like that from the swag until I had to move one time and I had to do the packing and putting things away. And then unpacking was like, oh my God, I totally forgot. So it's like Christmas all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also then realizing, oh, I haven't done this or that, or, oh, I have doubles of this or triples of that. And then having to donate. So that's when I also then donate to the libraries. If I have extra duplicates of things. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh yeah. Um, also the, the local bookstores that are like the mom and pops as well. I will donate, um, 
some of the arcs for the for the book owners and the librarians to to see if they want to add them to their catalogs the same thing with the swag so they can have a little bit display of swag for the from you know from the different authors and just for oh, fun that's a great idea oh yeah i never thought of bringing my bookmarks to the library yeah <laughs> i should i should bring a stack of them that's yeah because sometimes they'll have them there and, and and also the way that i kind of see it is that the librarians are just like us they're readers but there's so many books never enough time and <sighs> I Tell think, <laughs> yeah. And so I think sometimes we forget that we can actually talk to the librarians and suggest that they add some books to it. Some will, like I know mines in Orlando, Florida are really great with the, um, we have a form online where you can suggest books to add to the catalog and they have a reason as to why you want to add this book to it. And I will say that about 99.9% of the books that I've ever suggested have always been picked up and have been added to the library. Um, that's great. Yeah. And it's because they, they know that the, the, the readers want it. And so when you then have extra little swag and you can kind of just have them there, the librarian gets curious and go, Ooh, it's that because, you know, a cover does get your attention. And, um, and then they'll start looking into it and then they'll realize, Hey, that's a good book. And again, they'll have other materials. So yeah, anytime I have anything extra or I need to clean house, cause I know that I'm going to an event and I'm going to be getting new stuff <laughs> like mm-hmm. now. I will donate to um, libraries and local mom and pops bookstores to have some stuff and other lovers can get it that may not have the opportunity to travel to these events. That's a great idea. Even at Romanticon in the swag bag last weekend, there were five full-size books in it, you know, like for free. Yeah. Um, A lot of them. That's how I got. It can add up. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that I never want to be a hoarder of keeping everything just for the sake of keeping it because sometimes those there might be a book in there that I may not it may not be my cup of tea fill in the blank reasons but it might be your cup of tea and so why am I going to keep it just to say I have so-and-so's book I have so-and-so's book you know or swag or whatever and so that's where I'll do a giveaway or I'll donate them to the library I'll you know donate them to the bookstores and things like that just to, or I even do it among my friends saying, Hey, I have an extra copy of this. Who wants it? You know, DM me your address and first come first serve done because there's no point for me anyways, to just keep it for the sake of keeping when there's somebody exactly. else that's going to just love it just for reading, you know, opening the pages and, and reading the words, you know? So exactly. Those are always I fun. wish I had more time to read. It seems like lately I've only had time to read what I'm going to be reading <laughs> or narrating rather. Um, Cause I'll be na- you know, I'll be actively narrating one and like reading my next one and prepping it. And yeah. so lately it just seems like <laughs> I only have time to read those. Yeah. You kind of have to now put that in there in your calendar and our self-care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to read that. Yeah. But when you're not working and prepping and doing all this stuff and getting ready to travel for these events and things like that, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Um, I like to hike. Um, and I walk probably like four to six miles every single day. Um, I'm in a very beautiful place with a lot of uh, walking trails around. So, um, I can, you know, every day go find something pretty to look at and, uh, and get my exercise in. So I'm big on that. I like to cook, um, and do things in the kitchen. Uh, what else do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a big uh, sci-fi geek, so I like watching, like, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars and those kind of things. Okay. Um, 
I'm a graphic artist. I kind of dabble in that a little bit too. Nice. Yeah. And I'm a singer. So I do some music. Okay. So on the, you know, the song part of things, what is your song that it doesn't matter where you're at? So it could be at the grocery store in the freezer section aisle um, or in the car or, you know, anywhere where there might be a music playing. What is that song that when it comes up, doesn't matter who's looking or who's around, you're going to start singing and, and maybe doing a little bit of shimmy shimmy dancing too. Okay. And my musical taste has changed as I've gotten older, but my first like rock love was Steve Perry and Journey. <laughs> and my favorite song is Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> <laughs> So it's got to be that one. My musical tastes have gotten better and moved on, but I still love. <laughs> hey, I love that. Mm-hmm. There's always a list. I had one guest that was like, I need to just have that. They flat out said that they have like a Spotify list of that type of song that it doesn't matter that that's where the one's going to be belting at. And I'm like, you need to make that public so we can have it. Um, <laughs> so Journey's a good one. And that's a good one too. Don't stop believing. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we need to remind ourselves that as well. So that's a good song. Exactly. You know what I really like though is, I don't know if you've seen the band Rock Sugar. Um, and, uh, Jess Harnell, the voice artist fronts it. And so they do a cover. Their big thing is like mashing up songs. So they, um, they have a mashup of don't stop believing with, uh, uh, enter Sandman. (laughs) No, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they've got like, they've got, you know, they've got, and he does a great Steve Perry. Oh my God. So um, look look it up on, on yep. YouTube. Rock Sugar, um, Don't Stop the Sandman. <laughs> All right. No, I'm, I wrote it's that hysterical. down. And he's, it's awesome. He's so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I love original songs and everything, but sometimes there's always a remake of sorts that I'm like going, oh, that's a good one. Um, and that I love. And then also sometimes when there's these matchups, I mean, thank you to TikTok for making mashups um really really popular but i i had my 19 year old uh, bust into my office saying what is that and it was that new it, well not new but you know thanks to stranger things that really popular song that one of the uh, characters listens Bush. to yeah, yeah Kate Bush, that one mm-hmm. but it was the version i was listening to was from placebo <laughs> from the 90s and he's like i recognize that song and i'm like yes because you just finished listening to and watching stranger things and this is the you know a cover version of it and he goes wow they did a good one you know and then now the same thing with metallica everybody's like oh that's such a great band and i'm like yeah they've been around for a while uh- <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because i've as a singer, I've done original music um, back in the day and, uh, and did all of that. But then most recently, um, a few years ago, I had a tribute band to the Woodstock era. So, um, so we would do covers of, you know, the most legendary tunes from like 1965 to 1972 um, and, uh, and do some original covers of, you know, like, um, you know, just cover the song our own way. Uh, but, uh, but that was a lot of fun. So I've done both like original music and, and, uh, covering other people. Wow. Yeah, no, that's like also a great era, by the way, of music before my time, but I grew the up listening. Best. Yeah. But I grew up <laughs> thanks to my mom listening to the, you know, the oldie station 
in the car. And so we would have, you know, Aquarius and Fleetwood mm. Mac and, you know, the, the beach boys, the Beatles of all sorts. And I mean, I even, yep. they even went into I the, the, the Beatles. T- yeah. And uh, even like, I think they'll get Tiffany. me singing every time too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to, when they're, when they get going, you know, to they have exactly. great beats. Yeah. And also like with TikTok, that, um, that song, like, you know, what's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your dad? You know, that song. And everybody's like, oh, that's such a good song. And I'm like, yeah, from like the 1960s. Um, and they did not stop to think that. And I'm going, yeah, it's a remake or it's a, you know, they're, they're taking something old. And, you know, some people are like, no, it's not. And I'm like, Google it. And, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's a great song, you know, <laughs> but stop, you know, loving that one too, you know, under my umbrella. Yeah. There's some great songs out there that are now. Exactly. We do a lot of the like the harder side of the era too, like the Who and Led Zeppelin and you know, do pretty good Janice, if I do say yeah. so myself. Grace Slick, you know, with Jefferson Airplane and uh Steppenwolf and band after band after band back then. They were all uh in altered states and making some great music. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And and then now we have postmodern jukebox busting out with 1920s which I'm wondering if we're going to get to hear any of that stuff for prohibition and allure as far as some of the songs, because they'll take modern songs and mm. make it a la 19 era, you know, 1920s era music style. Oh, cool. Oh God. Yeah. They have, uh, they've done everything. They've included Metallica as one of them. How fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Cause also for me, it's like, okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to do this? Alice in Chains, I think they did one. There's, they've done everything from pop stuff to hardcover bands that they've made into a 1920s flair. So I better get ready to dance. Yeah. I definitely want comfy shoes. (laughs) Yes, for sure. That's what I'm saying. You have to, aside from the walking around and signing things and getting to, to meet some of your favorite authors and narrators, there's going to be a lot of walking and also power lifting because your the books get heavy. Um, So make sure to hydrate, make sure you bring snacks and definitely, definitely, definitely comfy shoes because it's going to be a good long time, but lots of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, before we go, actually, I want to play a game with you, The Two Truths and a Lie, okay. which I think it's a fun game. Kind of get to know you, especially with such a wow kind of a background that you have. It's going to be like, okay, what is she going to say? Uh, what is she going to share? Oh, I got some stuff. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell us three things about you and which two are true and one's a lie? And we got to figure out what the lie is. Okay. I was considered for a Grammy Award. I have acted in a film with an Academy Awarding director, or I've been to every single state. Damn. <laughs> she wasn't Damn. lying. Yeah, she wasn't lying. I Ooh. mean, with the voice, well, duh, you should have like done down Grammy Awards and stuff like that. And the same thing with the acting. Oh my goodness. Or every single state knowing that you've been banned and traveled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This game should just be like how to stump Vivi. Um, <laughs> instead, mm. it's a lie. Um, all right. All right. So let's see people. What do you think is the lie? Watch it be really close to the truth anyway. So, hmm. Actually, yeah. you're right. The lie is close to the truth. Yeah, <laughs> which is how you win the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's my prize if I win? Do I do I get something? Do I stump you? <laughs> Jesus. 
I know. You get a lot of hugging and loving dubbing on me <laughs> from me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm just going to knock it in there. Okay. The lie is that you've traveled to every single state. You are right. You got it. You, you, you did it. I've been to every state but three. I have not been to Montana, Alaska, and Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yep. And Alaska and Hawaii are usually the two that I would have had on the list of the ones that you may not have gone to just because they're yeah. just very far. <laughs> far. far. <laughs> yeah. And um, Montana, I don't know why, but, um, you know, I, I traveled a lot doing uh, theater. So, you know, if a place had a lot of theaters in it, like cities with theaters, then I was probably there a lot. But for some reason, we never played anywhere in Montana. Oh my so goodness. I haven't been there. I may yeah. have driven through and not known it, but you know, that is true. But in terms of like being there and knowing it and playing mm-hmm. there, um, no. And then the others, uh, in 2002, I was on the Grammy ballot, the initial ballot. Um, being considered for best female rock vocalist. And this is all under my, my uh, non steamy name. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I was in a film with, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, wow. Yeah. And had a scene with him. So mm. I'm not going to tell you which one though. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Hey, Stay wow. hidden. Yeah. <laughs> Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I am all for keeping um, pseudonyms, you know, protective and things like that. Um, it's I know Me that too. you'll probably get a lot that, you know, when it comes down to the events, you'll probably have some people say, hey, I listened to the podcast. Um, what movie was that? You know, and I, and I always <laughs> say that it, it's different if that if that sort of information is kind of shared in a private co- sort of setting Absolutely. where it's in person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, versus, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to out you um, by accident. And that's where I'm like, I know you as that name and I'm probably going to call you by that name forever and a day, just because I, that's my biggest fear, but you girl have lived. <laughs> I, I've had a very eclectic background. I've always been an actor and worked in entertainment in some way, shape, or form. And even my day jobs along the way have been in entertainment in some way, like uh, ma- being a tour manager and producing like big concerts and things like that. Um, so, you know, I entered, but the whole through line has been, it's always been in the entertainment business. And, um, and I've always just wanted to be an actor from, from the start. <laughs> I've never had, I've never thought I could be honestly, anything else and be happy. And I think that's one of the criteria when you're doing um, creative work. If you can imagine yourself doing something else, then go do it. <laughs> because, you know, choosing a creative pursuit, it's, you have to commit to it wholeheartedly, I think. Yeah. And here so. you are now doing audiobooks. I know. And it's a, it's so fun. Yeah. Every single night in my booth, I feel like I'm doing a one-woman show. You know? Yeah. 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 That's a lot how, how I think about it sometimes with you guys, as far as being every, every character, it's such a one, you know, one person kind of a show. It is. And, and it's a different show every single night. <laughs> yeah. Talk about like, if, if we had like able to buy tickets to that show, we would never know what we're going to get because it would be different every single time. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and even for you, you know, for a narrator, I mean, we read the books ahead of time. We read the chapter again, right before we do it. You know, we've, we're familiar with the material, but there's so much that you can't have it memorized or anything. 
So it's a, in a lot of ways, kind of a cold acting reading too. So, you know, we're often in a weird way surprised by our own performance as we're doing it. Um, Cause we haven't had, you know, like when you do a play, you haven't rehearsed it for a couple of months or, um, you know, even a film where you get the script ahead of time and you study your little section of lines that, that are yours. Well, with a book, it's the whole book. So you can't memorize it ahead of time. Um, so I think we even surprise ourselves with sometimes what comes out of our mouths. Well, yeah. And I would also think that it's one thing to read it, but then it's another thing to say it out loud, but then it's another thing to then perform it. And that's, I also think sometimes where the surprise is coming is you go, oh yeah, I went there. Exactly. <laughs> and saying it out loud, like you're saying it out loud for the first time. Like you're telling someone the story as opposed to reading the story. Um, and that's, that's the difference between a narrator and someone reading a book out loud is that, you know, it's not just talking into a microphone. It's not just reading the book. It's telling the story and everything that's involved in making that a clear communication of the material too. So, um, you know, yeah. it's it's something that i think we all that's why we're we're, you know we're going to allure it's why we listen to this the the audiobooks it's why the audiobook industry continues to move in the up directory of up 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 and more up in the right direction i think so it's because of how obviously first and foremost the author has written a really great story then now the narrators have taken and added a little bit of that of their of themselves to it for the performance and so Exactly. And we bring it to life. Um, One of the highest compliments I can get in a review is that I elevated the material or that I brought the story to life. It's like, yes, that's what I'm going for. You know, I don't want someone falling asleep to my (laughs) you know, I, I, I unless you're working for the sleepy app, that's a different conversation. But, but you know, if it's, (laughs) if it's a story, if it's a captivating story, I want them captivated. You know, I, I want them to, to, immerse themselves in it and lose themselves in it um, rather than just like listen to someone reading it or listen to listening to me read it. You know, I, I, I would rather tell them this story. Yeah. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share? Sure. Um, I just finished narrating Toxic Love and Desires by Lauren Beale. And like I said earlier, that's a duet uh, with my partner, Dom Johnson, and that's in editing right now. So that'll be out before we know it. Um, and then I'm currently narrating uh, Song of Death by C.A. Varian. And I just did another book for her, too, that came out not long ago um, called Crown of the Phoenix. And she writes fantasy. And Song of Death is about mermaids. Um, and they are... Uh, a little bit different mermaids than we might be used to. They're more like in ancient Greek mythology, like the idea of the siren luring the, the ships to their deaths. Um, so, yeah, it's really, it's, it's a great book. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I am actually like 10 followers away from crossing that thousand follower line on TikTok. Oh, um, I've only been on TikTok for a couple of weeks. Um, and so at a thousand, I can do a live reading. And so I promised 
if everybody helps me get to a thousand followers, mm-hmm. which should happen, yes. I would say maybe in the next hour, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a live reading of chapter one of song of death, um, live on TikTok at some point. So kind of, um, you know, people could tune in and see if they can find that online because mm-hmm. by the time this airs, that, that might've already happened. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that as soon as we hang up, I'm not going to bust out and say, Hey guys. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I'm sure that, uh, it'll still be streamable, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, even though if, if it's not live, but yeah. I'm about to do chapter one of song of death. Oh, wow. And then also to promo it, I'm doing this kind of funny thing where, um, you know, as an actor, we need to do proper research before we, you know, do our acting jobs. And so I don't know very much about being a mermaid. (laughs) So I'm going on a mermaid hunt and I'm going to look for mermaids to interview on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, wow. There's a lot of them. A few friends lined up with mermaid tales and they they play Disney princesses. Uh So I have a few of my friends lined up to, uh, to do some TikTok mermaid stuff with me. <laughs> oh my goodness. There are some fantastic mermaids on TikTok. And I, I'm a Pisces and I love the water. And um, I've always kind of wanted to be a mermaid. And the fact that now there is these gorgeous, I mean, they're gorgeous tales. And, but I see them video wise and I'm going, you're, 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 you're down deep there, girl. Um, and they're just swimming away. And I'm going, I'm not seeing any artificial breathing apparatuses that's going to help you with that and they're phenomenal um but yeah and or, or the photography sometimes they take with uh with their tails i'm like oh my god that's so gorgeous so yeah so i'm, I'm curious to see what um you're you're going to be sharing that's fun i know i we have to we're going to go down to the beach because i'm not far from the water uh here and um so we're going to go down and um and do some stuff i i may do some stuff without them ahead of time you know like interviewing a man on the street. Excuse me, sir. Have you seen a mermaid? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Mr. Seagull. Have you seen a mermaid? (laughs) And look for the mermaids and then, you know, for a few days and then end Mm -hmm. up finding them. Yeah. Checking out the lifeguard. (laughs) Yeah. Checking out the lifeguard thing. So. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can you direct me where all the lifeguard abs? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can you direct me where all the, you know, the mermaids hang out with, please, sir? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Have you Excuse ever had me, to rescue toddler one? building a sandcastle? Have you <laughs> have you seen any mermaids? <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I haven't I haven't started doing that yet, but I'm yeah. you know, it's in the works and uh the tales are on order. <laughs> oh my goodness. No fantastic. I mean, see, girl, I mean, I, I kind of wish that um you would, you know, be more traveling because you can come down here to Florida because we've got some beaches. And uh, I got beaches. I'm on Cape Cod. Yeah. So you have beaches too. Yeah, for sure. But we also have Wiki Washi Spring down here where we have the, the mermaid shows and everything and the, the clear oh. uh, bottom, uh, the clear bottom t- boats where we get to see like the, manate- the manate- uh, manatees and other mm-hmm. um, sea creatures and, and, you know, river creatures. But sometimes we get to see the mermaids. <laughs> so it's fun. Yeah. 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 And I was just thinking that would be a really funny interview. To yeah. Go there and like interview their mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, there's a difference between the, you know, the upper east 
<laughs> mermaids and the southern ones. Yeah, that'd be also kind of fun. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Oh, that would be interesting. And I mm-hmm. found a mermaid found me on TikTok when I announced oh, wow. that I was going to be going on a mermaid hunt. Uh-huh. And so she said, I am a mermaid. You can <gasps> you can talk to me. <laughs> so. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Plus, also, I mean, the, the title itself, Song of Death, is yeah. uh, so good. And so the her song is a mermaid lures the, the sailors and the ships to their deaths. Um, she's been, she has a debt to the sea goddess. She was human once. And because she asked the sea goddess for a favor, uh, she now is cursed by the sea goddess. And she has to claim 5,000 souls before the curse is lifted. So, so you get cursed to be a mermaid. Oh, wow. That's an interesting mm-hmm. spin It's a really it. good book. It's a great story. This particular author, C.A. Varian, um, is so entertaining. Uh, her fantasies are so fun. I really enjoy reading them. I like fantasy. You know, me too. PNR is one of my favorites. And, you know, fantasy kind of falls within some of that realm, depending on mm-hmm. how over the top, you know, a world building it can get. And exactly. yeah, those are always fun too. So I'm all for that. Yeah, I've done a lot of paranormal too. A lot of shifters. Yeah. Wow. You have a lot of goodies coming our way. (laughs) So that's good. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. It's been so much fun getting to know you. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking so forward to meeting you in Allure and getting, you know, to give you a hug and stuff. We're doing the hugging thing, hopefully between now and then we still are. Um. (laughs) I hope so too. Yeah. So thank you again. Um, we'll be including all of the Tina's social media uh, links in the post over at Viviana Enchanters of Books. So you guys can follow her. I will be, and once I hang up with you, you know, getting online and saying, my God, you guys got it. Cause you're awesome. And oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, my God, your voice is so melodic and like, like a siren almost. I love how you have that tone in your voice. Um, Someone the other day said, uh, I sound like melting chocolate. Yes. There's something to, yes, yes. Um, You know, there's a sultriness to it, that there's a sweetness to it. Like you can basically lure us probably to our death with your voice kind of a thing, or, you know, great shopping adventures, who knows, or concerts. Um, You're like, I'm just going because she's talking. So I'm just going to follow her, you know? So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to meeting you too and everyone else at, at, uh, at Allure. Yeah. So everyone, again, your links will be on the post over at Viviana and Chance of the Books. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson, The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. 
Until next time, happy listening. <laughs>